0: We're gonna start off in a Nehemiah 1, 5, and 6, go to Nehemiah 4, 10 and Nehemiah 6, 15. But if a backstrop to this story, uh, the walls of Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem is left in a rubble. And one man, Nehemiah, has a burden. Nehemiah 1, 5, and 6, it says, Then I said, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant of God or who love with those who love him and keep his commandments, let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer your servant is praying before you day and night for your servant's. The people of Israel, Summit Christian Center, I confess the sins we Israelites, including myself and my father's family, have committed against you. Nehemiah 4.10. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength of the laborers is giving out. And there is so much rubble. Ooh, I want to highlight uh, the word rubble because we are going to talk about that today. Rubble, and we cannot rebuild the wall. Last scripture verse, Nehemiah 6.15. So the wall was complete. Wall was in rubble, complaining. The wall was complete on the 25th of Ilul. Ilul is October in 52... 52- Days. Summit family, the title of my message is From Rubble to Revival. Because words matter and definitions of words matter. The word rubble, shout out dictionary.com, the word rubble means a mass of brokenness or a mass of broken things. The word revival means a spiritual awakening of that which was dormant. So the entire title of my entire message is. From a mass of brokenness to a spiritual awakening of that which was dormant. In the beginning of 2021, I was praying to God that, God, I pray that you do something good in 2021. In 2020, I felt like I got a little bit numb when I was reading the Bible and I felt like I was going through some motions. I believe that when I was praying, I was going through some motions. Unfortunately, when I would come to church, it felt like sometimes I was going to church to check off a box in church was I was just going through some motions. So in 2021, I was like, God, I want you to move. God, I want you to do something great. God, please answer my prayers. This is what I wanna do, God. This is what I need to do. And God, this is what I think we should do and all of a sudden I kept praying the same prayer over and over and over again and days and days and days kept going by and all of a sudden months went by and all of a sudden it's mid year how many people know that tomorrow is just another tomorrow it's not necessarily your future let me explain really quick Tomorrow, unless you do something today, tomorrow is just another tomorrow. And some of the things that happen in today, we just keep having another tomorrow and another tomorrow and another tomorrow. And that's what was happening. I was praying and I was just praying every day, every week. And all of a sudden at the middle, the middle of the year, I was just had another day, another tomorrow, another month, another day. And I didn't feel like my my prayers were getting answered. And all of a sudden, an angel of the Lord appeared, a.k.a. my wife. And she said, all I hear you do is you keep telling God everything that you want to do, but what happens if you just shut up long enough for God to actually talk to you? So instead of getting offended because offense breeds unforgiveness and unforgiveness breeds stagnation to move forward, I thought about the truth and the gravity of the words that she just told me. How about I just... Be quiet for a little bit. And so before I had my be still and know that I am God moment... I'm a Psalms 22:3 guy, and Psalms 22:3 says God inhabits the praises of His people. And so, before I had a "be still and know that I am God" moment, what I had was I had a burning bush moment. I started to pray to God that God, I don't know what's going on, but I need you here. So I praise you. I thank you for everything that you've done for me. I thank you for everything that you've given me. I thank you for my family. I thank you for my children. I thank you for everything that you have put in my hands to steward. And I had a burning bush moment because. Because how many people are waiting for that big sign, but God is saying, if you want me to come down, if you want me to inhabit the praises of you, if you want me to come down until you're here, what I need you to do is I need you to put some praise on it. And so anybody here today that came in here with any infirmity, it's God telling you it's time to put some praise on it. If God is saying, if you're in a storm, God is probably saying, hey, you came into church so you could put some praise on it. It's time to worship, church, because God says, where you begin to worship, that's where I begin to intercede on your behalf. And so after I had these moments with God, this word perspective kept popping in my head. How many people in here today, for some reason, just have a word that keeps popping in your head and everywhere you go, you see that word. The word for me was perspective. I kept seeing the word perspective each and every single place that I went to. And we went to New Mexico. Anybody been to New Mexico? What a beautiful place. Anybody went, seen the Sandia Mountains? Anybody went up that tram? Okay, so we were trying to go up that tram. It was the last day in Albuquerque, and we were going up the tram, and they said, unfortunately, you guys cannot go up the tram. And I said, why? He said, because there's some storms coming, and the storms are going to make the tram sway, and it's going to be hard for you to go up to the mountains, and so we're going to have to cancel everything you can wait but we're going to have to cancel everything for today and so i looked at albuquerque anybody seen this you looked at albuquerque and it was clear as day and i said sir it's clear albuquerque is clear and he says, yeah, but the storms are rolling in, but the reason why Albuquerque is clear is because oftentimes when the storms come, the mountains stop it from hitting the city. That's why the city sometimes is often in a drought, and that's why the city doesn't get hit by the storm so often. And I was like, man, my family really wanted to go, so we made a, we made a promise to my children that we were going to go early in the morning before we took the long drive all the way back to San Antonio, Texas, which is a drive all on itself. Jesus moved. In that that ride, but the very next day, before we went up the mountains, we went to this visitor center. And in this visitor center, if you could put the the picture up, it says "Visit Albuquerque, Change Your Perspective." We went up to the mountain, and as soon as we went up the mountain, we were able to go up because it was a little bit clear. And I was praying. I was like, "God, come on, let us go." And as soon as we got up to the mountain a reminder came up on my phone on there and as i was praying to god to change my perspective this reminder says you need to give God glory because seven years ago today you received something from the doctor that said that you may never ever walk again. If you do walk it's going to take some months and some years because all of the nerves in your leg I broke my tibia, I snapped my tibia fibula, tore my ACL and MCL and all the nerves in my leg was broken and all of a sudden the doctor's given me a report saying that I may never walk again if I do walk they're going to have to do nerve regeneration and I didn't accept that and I said I'm going to do what I have to do and you do what you got to do and so thank God for amazing doctors we have a doctor here in Summit Christian Center that was with me. He was in the first service. I pointed him out. But he said, Kenny, we are not going to accept that. We are going to keep going and you are going to walk. And so what he did with me is he prayed with me. How many people wish they had a doctor that would sit there and pray with them? He prayed with me and all of a sudden I was walking in two months. It didn't matter what the report said. It mattered what God said. And I had a doctor that came into agreement with me and we were walking in two months. Why say all that to say, God said change your perspective. And so as I began to change my perspective. I began to think about what the operator told me the day before. He says that you can't go up this mountain because the storms are coming. So I said, God changed my perspective. And he said, Kenny, you know, one of the things that you keep saying and keep preaching about is God moved the mountains. But I want to let you know that it was the mountains of prayer that you prayed. It was the mountain of thanksgiving that you have. It's the mountain of joy that you have that stopped the storm that was meant to hurt you, meant to destroy you, and meant to blow everything away from your life that actually helped you out. You didn't even know this, but when you were praying up more joy, when you were creating friendships, when you were creating a whole bunch of center of influences, what was happening is what you were creating was mountains that would protect you if storms came your way. And so as I began to, to pray, I started to think that the root cause of one of the things that was happening in 2021, one of my mental blocks was I never took care of what happened in 2020. I never read the Bible like I was supposed to in 2021 because of what happened in 2020. I never prayed like I was supposed to. And so what I began to do is is just say, God, help me do things in a different way Because 2020 was just a blur. We keep saying this all the time, blame it on the pandemic. 2020 was a blur. Reading church or going to church, that was a blur. But God says, I want to take that and I want to change that into momentum. So I was in this Zoom cast with a whole bunch of leaders across the world in Europe, Asia, uh, Africa, and the Middle East. And as they were talking, they kept talking about all the calamities that was happening in their specific region. They said, this is falling, mandates are happening, vaccines are happening, all this other stuff. And God kept saying, hey, look, uh, resurrection. And I was like, "Uh, no, but these are leaders. These are business leaders. God, uh, what are you doing? And so he says, okay, they kept talking. He says, resurrection, resurrection. And they kept talking a little bit more and he kept tapping me. He says, resurrection. And I said, okay, resurrection. And everybody on the Zoom cast was like, what? I said, yeah, Resurrection. And they're like, what are you talking about? And I didn't care if they believed in God. I didn't care if anything. I just wanted to let them know, just like I want you to know, that it's probably time for some resurrection. God says, I want to resurrect some sight in your life. I want to resurrect some vision in your life. I want to resurrect some marriages. I want to resurrect some some relationships. I want to resurrect some things in your life, because we got some things to do in 2021. 2021 is not over yet, and we need to do some things in 2021 that carry on to 2022. And if we're the light of the world, if if we're the city on the hill that's not supposed to be uh, covered. I want to let you know that it is time to resurrect some things in your life. It is time to resurrect vision. It is time to resurrect some goals. It is time to resurrect some dreams. It is time for us to stand up as a church body. And God says, but you know who's going to do this? You are. God says, I want you to go out into the world and I want you to go and light them up. And so going back to to our scripture verse, Nehemiah, he had this burden. He was burdened. He was burdened. He says, God, I don't even live in Jerusalem, but I know that these walls need to be rebuilt. I know that your city needs to be rebuilt. I know that you need to do some stuff. And so he found it in his heart, a burden that he had purpose in doing something. One of the things about your purpose is God may actually burden you so you could pursue your purpose. How many people in here have a burden for something? As the city gets a little bit crazy, as the county gets a little bit crazy, as the world gets a little bit crazy, how many of us have a burden to do something? I was talking to our county clerk over here a few weeks ago. She says, I was burdened to do something. I was burdened to do something. Do something that no other county clerk would do and so she created all these different things but it first started with a burden and she began to pursue her purpose one of the things about purpose is it doesn't matter what the situation is it doesn't matter what the circumstance is. your burden and your purpose they never change so today you have purpose and if God put a burden in your heart I want to let you know first point you have a burden, and it's time to decide to rebuild and to revive. 1 Peter five ten it says, And after you have suffered a little while, anybody here suffered a little while? And after you suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself, God himself, restore, confirm, strengthen and establish you. God is and will always be somebody that restores. One of my favorite things that I've ever watched in my life was restoration. I was watching this carpenter talk about one of the things that he does now is he restores things. And Because when he restores it, not only does it look more beautiful than it did originally, but it is worth more than it was before. And God says, I want to do that to you. Because ironically, our God is also a carpenter. And one of the things that he specializes is and is restoring things that were broken and making them look better than they were before and making them more priceless than before and God says I'm a restorer I've always been a restorer when God healed the man with the withered hand it says the title says God healed a man with the withered hand believe that John 3 5 and as he healed him he said that he was restored you can read that in every translation it didn't say that he even healed him he said that he restored him and what God says he wants to do is he wants to resurrect some things and restore some things in your life so you can keep pursuing your passion but in the middle of pursuing your passion there's a transition point because have you how many people in here flown on an airlines before what does the stewardess say about the container that's up top they say before you exit and before you open the overhead bin watch out because things that were in your destination from one place to another may have shifted because sometimes in the middle of your transition, things are going to shift and God is going to use this shift to transition you from one destination to another destination, because in the middle of going from one destination to another destination, shift happens, and a shift happens, God knows that you need to do something and you need to be prayerful in that specific moment. so the transition period is extremely important. I was watching a Netflix show and it was talking about it was talking about uh, people inmates that come out of the The jail, and the hardest part for them is that transition period. Because when they go to jail, they have some type of reformation, but outside of jail, if they don't transition properly, they go back to everything that they were reformed from. And so when they come out of jail, it's important that they get into programs. It's important that they have their mindset right. It's important that they have a brand new perspective. It's important for them to come to a church where they get to change their perspective a little bit. It's important that they transition well. And what God was saying in John uh, Nehemiah 4.7, he says, for those who built the wall and those who carried burdens loaded themselves. So with one hand they worked at construction and the other hand they held a weapon. because when of the biggest things about a transition is if things are broken in there, that's where the enemy attacks. When there was a crack in the wall, guess what happened? Word went back to the people who wanted to come against the Israelites and they would attack because they knew that there was a crack in the wall. I want to let you know that God wants to take you from one destination to another destination, but in the middle of that, there's a transition period. And when the devil continues to attack you during that transition period, it's going to be really important that you build with one hand and you hold. Hold a sword in the other hand because God knows that you're going to get attacked at every little crevice that you go to. God is going to know. God is going to help you out when things in your wall are cracking and falling down. That's why it's important that you build with one hand and you hold a sword in another hand. Everything in life is going to come with some ups and downs. But the devil knows that if he can get you in the middle of your transition, if he he knows that if there's a crack in your wall, that's where he's going to go. That's why we, we make sure that our eye gates are pure. That's why we make sure that our ear gates are pure. That's why we make sure that our mouth gates are pure. Because if there's a little bit of a crack, the devil knows that's where I'm going to attack you. So you build with one hand and you hold the sword with another hand. Also in your transition, it's important that you have this moment where you be still and know that I am God. We went to go visit Colonel Lawrence and his family in Washington, D.C., and we went to the tomb of the unknown soldier. And as we went to the tomb of the unknown soldier, we we got there right as the transition was happening, the transition of the guard. And as as soon as we got there, The the guards came, and they said, shh, you got to be quiet. And so we went over there, and we had to be still while we watched the transition happen. Because in the middle of the transition, a new guard was standing. And as a new guard was standing, after we were still for a little bit, we could go about our business and continue doing what we were supposed to do because there was a new guard. I want to let you know that in the middle of your transition, God is saying you need to be still for a little bit. There's going to be times in your life where you're in the middle of this transition, and God is just telling you, sorry, but shut up. He's telling you that now is a time where I want to speak to you, and I want to do something in your life. I want to speak to you in ways that you never uh, thought that I could speak to you. I want to put some purpose back into your life. I want to give you a little bit of direction. I want to show you a new path. I want to do a new thing right summit family God says I'm doing a new thing greater are the works that I've done but greater are the works that you're gonna do and in order for you to do greater works I need to speak to you I need to pour more vision into you I need to resurrect your sight I really need to resurrect your vision I need to do some things in your life and I need you to have a resurrection moment but in order for me to do this I need you to be quiet long enough so I could speak to you God says, I want to do something to you, and I want to do something through you, and I want to do something in you. If we could get the band to come up. One of the third things is, is that Nehemiah knew that it was his time. You see, what was happening in those days was, People were actually trying to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem for hundreds of years. And then all of a sudden, a man named Nehemiah comes and does it in 52 days. How does something that people were trying to do for over hundreds of years happen in 52 days? It's because it was his time. Church family, I want to let you know that when I was growing up, one of my favorite songs was this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, hide it under a bush, shout no, I'm going to let it shine. But see, here's the problem with the church today. The church, when they are trying to hide it under a bush, sometimes we're failing to say no. And God says, you're the light of the world. You are the light of the world. You know what, Summit? If you didn't know this, Summit is placed on a hill. And this hill and this church wasn't placed on a hill on accident this church was put on a hill so it could be the light of the world, that it could be the light of the city, and that when people go into San Antonio and when people are hurt and when people are destroyed and when people are shattered, we point them to this lighthouse, that Summit Church, and as we point them to Summit Church, people walk into our doors and they are healed. They walk into our doors and they have resurrection. They walk into our doors and don't leave here the same way that they came in because it's summit, we're the light of the world. It does us no good to come to church each and every single day and go through the motions of having church. God says, today, I wanna shift the atmosphere. God says in Acts one he says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, there's only one scripture verse in the entire Bible that says, when this happens, you receive power. And all of a sudden, when Jesus went up, The disciples are in this upper room, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit begins to flood the place, and the Holy Spirit descends on that place, and as the Holy Spirit descended on that place, people began to speak in tongues, people began to get filled with the Holy Spirit. And not only did they get filled with the Holy Spirit, they began to get power. That's why after that moment, after the moment where they received power, after the moment where the Holy Spirit began to move in the atmosphere, as the atmosphere began to shift, they began to go out into the world and preach the gospel. Come on, Summit family. In the city of San Antonio, in the county of Bear County, we here today, we are the light of the world. We are the people that's supposed to go out into the world and be the answer. It does us no good to come to church to have another tomorrow and another tomorrow. We need to shift our mindset to say that today is the day. Today is our time. You see, one of the biggest problems that we have today is what we indulge ourselves with. A few weeks ago, I took my daughter to the hospital or to the, to the clinic, her stomach was hurting. And uh, the doctor, she said, does she eat everything on her plate? And as her daddy, I said, she better eat everything on her plate. And the doctor looked at me and he said, or she said, that's probably not the best thing for her because there's something called portion control. And, and if she overindulges in something, it smells good and it tastes good, but she doesn't feel the effects of it until later. And I was like, mm. I was writing some notes. I was like, preach, girl, preach because we've become a society that's been consuming social media. We've been a society that's consuming news. We've been a society that's consuming and consuming and consuming a lot of things that smell good, that may actually taste good for a moment, but as soon as it gets into our system and as soon as it digests, it hurts our feelings. It hurts our stomach. You wanna know why you're, you're mad later on? Because of probably what you watched. Probably because of what you consumed. Summit family, today, today is your day. Today is a resurrection day. And God is saying, what I want for you is I want you to consume the word of God. I wanna fill you with the Holy Spirit so we're not the same people anymore. I wanna fill you with the Holy Spirit so we can actually go out and we can do some things. Come on, as the world tries to dampen us, as the world tries to dim us, we're the light of the world and we're supposed to continue to go out. Any military people here? In honor of Veterans Day, I wanna give a veteran uh, analogy. You know, in these days, after talking to many people, one of the hardest things to do is to stand in the middle of adversity. When somebody's telling you to do something that doesn't vibe with your stomach or with your gut, people are having a hard time standing When calamity hits, people are having a hard time standing. When relationships are falling apart, people are having a hard time standing. When people are getting sick, people are having a hard time standing. And person after person after person, they keep coming up to me and saying, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me, because I can't stand anymore. I'm hurting because of my relationship. I'm hurting because I don't feel good anymore. I'm hurting because I never took care of what happened in 2020. Heck, I'm hurting because I never took care of what happened to me as a child. I'm hurting because of a lot of different things. And in 2021, it's so good to hear a message like this. But oftentimes, it's just a moment in time But God is saying, hey, look, in this moment, I don't want visitation. I want habitation because it is our time for me to inhabit you. So when you go over here, I go over here. When you go to the left, I go to the left. When you go outside, I go outside. I go with you everywhere you're supposed to go. And in the military, for all my military folks, if you've been standing for a long time, what do they always tell you? Don't lock your legs. Because if you've been standing for a long time, for a long period of time, what happens? All the blood from your head and your body falls to all of the lower extremities that you have. And if you've been standing for a long time, what happens? You pass out. But there's this little thing that the military tells you to do. They tell you not to lock your legs. They tell you from time to time, it's time to bend your your knees because it's crazy. You bend your knees and all of a sudden, all of the blood starts flowing to every area that needs it needs to and it helps you to stand a little bit longer, and it helps you to keep moving forward. But isn't it crazier that the perfect posture of prayer is when you bend your knees? So God is telling you today that if you got something going on in your life today, it's time to bend your knees. Come on, if you have an infirmity here today, God is saying it's time to bend your knees. If you have something brewing all around you, if a storm is brewing all around you, God is saying, I have peace for you, peace that passes all on understanding, but it's time to put some praise on it, but it's also time for you to bend your knees. Come on. If you're hurting today, it's time for you to bend your knees. If your relationship is hurting today, it's time for you to bend your knees. Come on. If you're you're praying for your children and you feel like nothing's happening, it's time for you to bend your knees. Summit family, come on. We're the light of the world. We're supposed to bend our knees. Come on. I want to let you know that you will never ever have a victory unless you ever go through a fight. But one thing about every obstacle in life, whether it be physical or spiritual, there's a finish line. And Summit family, I know that one of the things that I had to do to have momentum for 2021 and now momentum for 2022 is I needed to take care of what happened in 2020. I needed to say, yeah, my walls were, were down. Yeah, my walls were in rubble. Yeah, my life was actually in rubble. Yeah, I was hurting so much in 2020. I didn't know what to do. I couldn't, I couldn't go nowhere. I had to stay home. I was working from home. And I didn't know what I was doing until I got to 2021. And now I don't have the momentum that I need to to pursue my purpose. I want to let you know that God says, I'm going to give you revival. And revival is a spiritual awakening from that which was dormant. And so today, if there's some dormant things in your life, I want to let you know that as the Holy Spirit comes upon us today. Not only will we receive power, but we will be a witness to everybody out there. Revelations twelve eleven states, we defeat the enemy, the adversary, by the blood of the lamb, the blood of Jesus, and the words of our testimony. Your storm is going to be a testimony. Your giant is going to be a testimony. Your chains are going to be a testimony. Everything that stands in your way is going to be a testimony. God is going to make you a testimony. But first thing He wants you to do is He wants to resurrect some dormant things in your life. For more information on Summit Christian Center, visit SummitSA.com.